And it's such an honor to be here with uh, the Oasis Church family. Such a true privilege. And just wanted to honor your incredible pastors as well, Pastor Ewan and Christy as well, and for the incredible influence that they are not only to this church, but beyond the four walls all across this nation. They are truly leading the way in so many ways as well. And so your influence far uh, exceeds just this room that you are in. And we are blessed to have this church in our state and in our nation as well. And, uh, you know, I'm just so privileged to be able to speak here uh, and to be with you guys this morning. But before we actually get into the message, can we quickly just pray? And just offer this time up to the Holy Spirit. And so why don't we close our eyes right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that your presence is already here. We thank you, Lord, that you want to minister directly into people's hearts. We thank you, Lord, that it's not my words, Lord, but it's your words that is most valuable in this time. And we ask, Lord, that everything that is spoken would land in hearts, that it would land on good soil, Lord Father. We pray that we would be transformed that we would be empowered, Lord Father God, to live a life, Lord Father, honoring and worthy of your great sacrifice. We pray that you would have your way. Come and do what you want to do in this service. We give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Well, uh, just for those of you who don't know me or have no context of who I am uh, and, uh, and why I guess I'm up on this stage, as they said before, I, I currently am the youth pastor uh, at Kingdom City, or one of them, and I also oversee it across uh, our campuses. But before that, uh, I actually was also overseeing. Uh, I grew up uh, doing, or when I first started, uh, did uh, university ministry. So I was on university campuses speaking to students and international students, and then from that, I also had the privilege of leading one of our campuses for a stint, and so it was awesome to interact with some adults for a good uh, chunk of time. And then I'm uh, in uh, youth as well, and then also sometimes, for some reason, I get chucked into an avocado outfit. And uh, for our kids' ministry, you know, sometimes you just got to do that as well. So I've had the privilege of, of being involved with different ages all across the spectrum as well. Uh, in terms of me personally, originally I'm from South Africa. Uh, and any South Africans in the house, by the way, come on, we everywhere. I know we sneak into every space in Jesus' name. And uh, so I'm originally from there, moved over 2011. And in the time, I uh, got to marry my beautiful wife, who's in the front row right now. And we've uh, done a good job. We've had four kids. And apparently, that's very big here at Oasis Church. The four-kid standard is very popular at Oasis Church. And so there's our family. If I can have that picture on the screen, this is my incredible family. So starting from the oldest, we've got Josiah, then Arlo, then Mahalia, and Malachi. Our youngest, uh, our oldest is five. Praise the Lord. So if you can just pray for our family. We would appreciate it as well. We need all the prayer we can get in Jesus' name. But this morning, I would love to share a message that I feel God has placed on my heart for this season. And so we're just going to hop straight in and we're going to read a passage in Ephesians 4 and starting at chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there right now or as the majority of weeks, you can just look at the screen. Praise the Lord. So it says this in Ephesians chapter 4, as a Prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, 
grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then jumping down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so today the title of my message, if you want to take titles to be a bit culturally relevant, is Same, Same, But Different. Same, Same, But Different. And uh, I'm going to Hopefully, if we have uh, some people ready to go with some awesome bowls, if they can start to kind of line up, they, we will be needing them just a bit shortly. But firstly, I just want to state, you see, in this passage, we see that there is so much that we have in common. We have one God, one faith, and uh, there's so much we have in unity, and yet it's so easy for us as a body of believers to focus on the things that we are different. We have one God, one faith, but yet there's so many things that make us unique. The same body, same spirit, but different graces. And for us as a body and as a family, as a church, I think it's important for us to highlight our similarities, highlight the things that we have in common, instead of making the differences that make us unique the very thing that causes disunity. You see, God has actually placed differences in the body of Christ to help nurture unity, not to be a stumbling block to it. In fact, in this verse, it states that true maturity is not about our independence, but about our unity. See, so often we value independence above unity. We value our own perspectives above unity. But true maturity in the body of Christ actually lies in our unity. We have one hope, one Lord, one faith, and yet sometimes we focus on the differences in our opinions on worship songs. Or the differences in our interpretation of the book of Revelation. Come on, somebody. But we have to learn to rather focus on the things that we have in common because that will bring us unity. See, each one of us here today has a distinct grace on our lives. And with that grace comes a unique perspective, comes a unique gifting, and comes a unique ability to release that grace in the body of Christ. And so we're going to look at actually these five graces uh, today, or the five offices as they normally reference. But today we're going to look at them as graces and perspectives that God has given the body to help the body both be equipped and to bring it to unity. So I'm going to invite my five volunteers just to join me up uh, on the stage. And you can all just grab a bowl and just stand behind me. And we're just going to see how this thing plays out. You know, when we're talking about the next gen, you have to have an illustration, right? You just, come on, youth pastors know. Key is just have an illustration. Even if it doesn't work out, just have something on the stage. It's all good. Always works out. And so if we can just spread out a little bit more so that people can see you all across the stage. There we go. Spread out. Let's just get, get all. Yep, there we go. Praise the Lord. There we go. My man's got it. He's spread out right away. So we're going to look at these five graces that are in the body of Christ. We're going to look at them as perspectives and graces. So the first one that we have is we have the apostle. We have the apostolic grace. Now, my man, the apostle, come up, come up front right now. Now you see, come on, I declare it right now. Now with the apostolic grace or the, ap the, the apostle comes the focus on heaven. See, if they had a favorite Bible, Bible verse, it would be on earth 
as it is in heaven. See, they love to see the culture and society change so that it looks exactly like heaven. They love to see signs, wonders, and miracles. They love to have every issue in life resolved by one moment. Just one, bam, there we go. You got financial issues, come to the front, bam. And the longer you're down on the floor, the better your life will be. Amen? Who knows those people? Who knows the people that if you say, I'm sick, they say, no, you're not. You're not sick because Jesus already paid for that sickness, right? Anyone got a parent like that? They just, no cough mixture, just a prayer and it will be answered in Jesus' name. But the cool thing about the apostle is that the grace that they are carrying meant to be released in the body is actually the grace of faith and transformation. See, sometimes we focus on the differences, but the grace that we need is that grace of faith and transformation. Next, we have the, the prophet, my man over here, the prophet. Why don't you come up over here? Now, you see, the prophet has a focus on the supernatural realm. Their job is to attract us and to draw us into the supernatural realm. If they had a favorite verse, it would be that our battle lies not with flesh and blood, but against powers, rulers, and principalities. They make everything spiritual in the mighty name of Jesus. See, they are praying. They believe that anything can be moved with the power of prayer, including car park spaces. They're the ones that they, they are doing battle in that car park in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything is spiritual. Every dream they have means something. Every color you wear means something. Every clock, every time and display means something. There's a Bible verse on that clock in Jesus' name. Everything means something. But the great that they carry is one of discernment and intercession. Discernment and intercession. And that's a beautiful grace that we actually need in the body of Christ. Up next, we have the evangelist. And you can choose which side you will serve. Praise the Lord. Stand over here. And the evangelist, the perspective that they have and the focus they bring is to the lost. Is to those that lie outside of the four walls of the church. Their favorite verse is that they, God would leave the 99 and he would go after the one. They were all about the one. They were all about not the people in the church, but the people outside the church. In fact, if you are an evangelist, you might not even be in the service today because you're too busy reaching the lost to even be a part of the church service. You care so much about the lost, but the grace that they carry. In fact, this guy probably will preach at everything that moves. Every time he goes to a checkout, every time he goes to the Macca's drive-thru, it's an opportunity to reach the lost. Praise the Lord. But the grace that they carry is one of conviction and boldness conviction and boldness and they have an incredible way of releasing that into the body of Christ. Up next we have the pastors and I love the pastors in the house. Come on, who loves our pastors? We need our pastors. <coughs> See the focus of the pastor is the church. It's the body of Christ and if they had an incredible verse, their motto, their life's verse would be that the world will know that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another. See they love when we just love one another. They have an incredible way of always being there for people, for praying for you. See, they're the people that will do the food chains. They're the people that would, would pray for you. They're the people that know everyone's birthday. They know everyone's birthday. They're praying for your second cousin by name. They just happen to know the exact details of your second cousin. But the grace that they carry is one of love and restoration. So they have an incredible ability to release love and restoration into the body of Christ. And last but not least, we have the incredible teachers. And the teacher's focus is the Word of God. It's the Bible. See, their favorite verse is that the Word of God is active and living. 
It's sharper than any two-edged sword. They believe that any situation can be resolved by just reciting a Bible verse. They have a Bible verse for everything. In fact, these people are probably texting you daily Bible verses right now. They are texting it to you, even though you're like, I know that verse, I'm on the same Bible app, but they will text it to you just so that you will not miss out on the Word of God. Sometimes they believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Sometimes the, the Bible just gets, you know, drawn up into the Trinity as well. But the grace that they carry is one of wisdom and revelation. See, they have an incredible ability to release wisdom and revelation into the body of Christ. Now, the thing with all these graces and all these perspectives is that they are all equal. See, none of them are higher than the other. None of them are more important than the other. But oftentimes, as individuals, we tend to elevate and exalt our perspective. We elevate and exalt our grace above everything else. We make our grace unique. We make our grace specific. But in doing so, so often we miss out on the multifaceted grace that God has placed in the body of Christ. See, whether it is the kids, the kids have a unique grace. Whether it's our youth, our youth have a unique perspective and our grace. Even the, the wiser people have such incredible grace on their life that we have to learn to appreciate and draw from. But too often we end up making camps around the grace that we are most familiar around. And so we gather around the grace that we are most comfortable with and we miss out or even ostracize the rest. But I believe that if we want to be a family and a church, we have to learn to draw from all of the graces of God. See, there's two keys that I want to look at. See, the first thing that's important is we have to learn to honor. Because honor allows us to access the grace on someone else's life. See, in Matthew 10 verse 41, it says, Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous man as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. You see, if you can honor someone for who they are, you are able to draw the grace that is on their lives. See, honor is like a cup. Without it, we are unable to actually draw from the grace on people's lives. And so depending, no matter what grace it is, I'm only able to access to the level at which I'm honoring that person. And so, so often we come into places like church or to a connect group, and we wonder why we aren't able to receive. It's not actually because there's a lack of grace. Sometimes it's because there's a lack of honor. See, sometimes we find that it's so much easier to draw from guest ministries or from other places, not because there's more grace on their life, but because we have attributed more honor to that person or to that situation. And so maybe you're not empty and dry because there's a lack of grace surrounding your life or in your connect groups or in your families or on your parents, but because we actually haven't learned to place the honor needed to draw from the grace on people's lives. You see, even Jesus, out of all the people, out of all the towns, found it harder to, 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 to do miracles in his hometown because there was a lack of honor. And I find that this is the case even in our families and in our churches because the people that we are closest to are oftentimes the people we find it hardest to honor. One of my favorite verses for honor is that honor is celebrating who someone is without stumbling over who they are not. And when it comes to people closest in our lives, there's a lot more things to stumble over. Amen? And so it's a lot harder to actually honor them and give them the weight that they deserve. Maybe it's for your parents. Maybe we're struggling to honor our parents this morning, and there's actually a wealth 
of grace that we can draw from them, but we have to learn to honor them. Maybe it's time we, you know, we honoringly struggle to honor our leaders or, or people in our connect groups or even our kids. There's grace on everyone's life, but we have to learn to honor. And the cool thing about the people that we are closest to, maybe it's harder to honor them, but at the same time, the people that are most closest to us, we have the greatest access to their lives. And God has placed people in our lives to actually draw from their grace, draw from their strengths, that we will not be lacking in any grace. And so, firstly, we got to learn to honor. Number two is as important as, important as, as it is to release Uh, to to receive grace. Equally, it is important to learn how to actually give grace, to administer grace on everyone else. See, it's not just about what I can get, but it's about what I can bring into the body of Christ, into my family, into the people around us. But oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I, I find that so many people through frustration end up withholding their grace. They end up keeping their grace back. And often it's, it's because that they have found that their grace is either lacking or not valued in a given environment. And so we end up withholding their grace. But the very frustration that is causing you to withhold was actually intended to cause you to release the grace because that's where it's needed. See, the fact that you are the one that is seeing the absence of that grace is a sign that God has placed you there to release it, to fill it instead of withhold it. But too often we take that as a sign to take our grace to somewhere else. And instead of releasing our grace in the place where it's missing, we end up taking our grace to a place where it already is because we're most comfortable for it. And so it's time that we not use our frustration as a sign to withhold our grace, but instead allow it to draw us into spaces that may be uncomfortable, but it's needed. So your frustration wasn't a sign for you to leave that place, that connect group, that church, that, that me. It was actually a sign to bring you into it because the very thing that you are noticing as absent is what is on your life. And God has placed you there to be a releaser of that grace. Maybe it's even for your job and for your work. And so often I hear people complain, it's just not godly. Well, that's why you're there. That's the very reason why you are in your job, because you alone can release that grace in that environment. Oh, I just wish they talk about the word more. Great, you, you go, you bring that word. You bring that revelation. Oh, this, this, this connect group is just not holy enough, man. They never pray for the sick. Okay, you bring that faith. You bring that grace into that environment. Let's not withhold the grace on our lives, but let's learn how to actually release it in the places that we are. And as on as... Uh, as Honor is a key to actually receiving grace. So too is humility to be able to, for other people to receive the grace on your life. You see, humility in people is such an integral part to allow others to access the grace that is on your life. You see, what this looks like is so often, as I said before, we tend to value our grace above someone else. But what that looks like is that if we are so prideful, about our grace, what we tend to do is elevate ourselves and we elevate our grace above everyone else. Let's take that all the way up, all the way up. There we go. You see, and what pride does, it actually makes it harder for people to access the grace on your life. See, the grace is still present, but your pride has elevated it to a degree where now people are struggling to access what's on your life. But in humility, we actually bring it low 
Let's go all the way on the knee. Let's go. Let's use those. Let's use those. There we go. Squat day. Leg day. There we go. It's leg day today. See, in humility, we actually lower our grace to a place where it's easy for people to receive it. See, sometimes it's not that you are lacking grace on your life, but it's just that you are lacking the humility to allow others to receive it. See, even in families, there's so much grace on our lives as parents, but sometimes we're lacking the humility to allow our kids to receive it. See, even in different places, as leaders, we've got to lead with humility because we have been placed to have a grace to be released in our connect groups and in our departments. But oftentimes, we just lack the humility to make it easier for the people around us to actually receive the grace that is on our lives. And so whatever the grace is in your life, why don't we learn, number one, to carry a level of honor so we can access the grace and we won't be lacking in any area, but also that we would carry a level of humility to allow other people to receive the grace that is on our lives. See, this is something that was actually modeled by Jesus. See, he had the grace, the saving grace that we need. And yet he chose to humble himself, although he was God, to come in flesh. And Ephesians 2 talked about him humbling himself to the point of being obedient to death, death on a cross. See, his humility allowed us to access the grace that we needed for our salvation. See, he didn't choose to remain distant, but he's called Emmanuel, God with us. And he is our example of how we are called to live our lives. And so even in this moment right now, I just want to give a, a chance and an opportunity for anyone who, who may be here and they still haven't relied on that grace. They haven't accessed the saving grace of God. You do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And so across this place, can we just quickly... Uh, bow our heads and close our eyes right now. 